you think about it, what Paul was doing was he was writing a letter to the Christians in that time, which that time and where we are today wasn't that much different if you think about it. Oh yeah. It's interesting, I find, that he wrote into the marketplace that was the big booming marketplace. Why is that? Because your work is worship. Because your work, the marketplace is where we're going to advance kingdom. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. What's up, everyone? We are so excited to be here today. I've got a sweet friend who I actually had never fully read the top to finish or top to bottom, I guess you'd say, start to finish bio of this chick. I was like, what? I was in the room with a, I mean, I already knew you were golden, but I was in the room with a golden girl, you guys. I am so excited for you guys to get to know my sweet humble, who never talks about herself, friend, Crystal Parker, who is not what I know her as, which is the president and CEO of the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce. She has an incredible conference coming up in April in Florida, which is one of the reasons we're here to chat today. But more importantly, I like am excited to learn more about this. All I knew was like, I think background in oil and gas. That literally, <laughs> I think, is all I knew. And you dwelled in Florida. And here I am. You guys have heard her, her bio already on the podcast intro. But I mean, come on, Crystal, why are you holding out on me, girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I'm sure it felt like it. We were talking about our kids before we got on. And I'm like, 
how many lives have she lived? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, that was a grind. Uh, corporate America and the oil and gas. So I dropped out of college and um, start, I had to start somewhere. And so in my little town of 300, they were advertising like for a, a shelf stalker and a truck parts store. And I was like, well, that's kind of pretty much what I'm only ever going to, you know, be able to do in life. Even though when I was in college, I worked seven days a week. I had three different jobs. I was nanny and I was running an office. I was lifeguarding. I was paying for my college, paying for my car. Like I was always a grind. But I get back home after dropping out and failing what I felt like was a failure. But I guess failure only comes when you actually quit. And I I, totally. I kind of had a 24-hour pity party, you know, and pulled up my big girl pants and went back to work. And, and uh, the rest is really history. But, you know, it's funny because when I look back at all that, at the time I thought, oh, I did it. So if we were going to go on a super fast cliff notes version, I was stocking shelves in a fortune 200 oil and gas company, which was a subsidiary in a truck parts store. So the truck parts store didn't work out. They put me at front desk as a secretary after a year. And I go to my manager and I was like, Hey, I feel like, you know, I bought my first house. I felt like I was doing pretty good. You had stable ground, but I want to grow. And he, it was all men. I was the only woman in the office. And he says to me, well, kind of like, Hey, sweetie, you know, you're going to have to go and take an office job somewhere else. Well, luckily the organization was huge, multiple States, different um, locations. And so, you know, I didn't even take it like, like it was disrespectful. He never saw me as I could be a supervisor. I could work in the field. So I found an HR job from that HR job. Then I became a supervisor in the call center from the supervisor in the call center. I became a salesperson oil and gas. So I was trading on the NYMEX selling to big companies and I was getting all this experience. And then they had an open position for a director in that call center that I left as a supervisor, which was union. And I got hired. I jumped my manager, which my manager was a scoundrel, kind of a liar and all kinds of stuff. Well, I jumped my manager, come back in and become the director over 80,000 customers in this um, unionized environment where grievances were getting thrown left and right. But because I came kind of from the front lines and had friends and we did some amazing things. And then less than 11 months, I got my first opportunity to become a vice president running the gas company on the whole west side of Texas and 47 cities and all of customer service for Texas. And then from there, we went from a geographical based model to function model. So I took all of customer service for the largest distribution company in the US, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas, and was running all of that. And then I fell in love. <laughs> I divorced once, fell in love again. And, it, and my my life was a train wreck because all I knew was work. Yeah. I focused yeah. on work. It was career over everything. It was money, power, career, success. And I thought through my effort, my grind, my hustle, that it was really all me. But if I look back on it, I can totally see God's hand opening every door. So I end up getting my undergrad in psychology, master's in marketing. They send me to Harvard Business School. This like tells you how crazy the story is, is they sent me, they, they put me up for Harvard Business School for like, emerging leaders. Well, Harvard calls and they're like, well, this girl, look at her resume. I mean, I was probably at the time 34-ish. Yeah. Look at her resume. 
we want to put her in the senior executive leadership, focus on diversity, oh, wow. uh, globalization, innovation, and leadership diversity. And by the way, you'll have to be here in a week. At the time I was getting my master's, we just moved, me and my daughter just moved into Oklahoma. I called my mom. I said, mom, who is like hours away, said, mom, I need you to come help me get moved take care of uh, Giovanna so I can go to Harvard because this is an opportunity of yeah. a lifetime. Yeah, it really crazy. was. It was, it, it was a ride. My point is like, it, it was all a dream because it really was it amazing. Like it. Yeah, it was crazy. Moly, so <laughs> once you got the actual thing, because obviously I know you not at all in that context. Mm -hmm. And so what was the, the aha? How old was your daughter? when you made the like revelation uh, or had the revelation to make a massive shift out of something that had become your, essentially your life's work at that point, yeah. right? What everyone knew you as, how do you, how do you get out of that? Yeah. It was identity. I mean, my whole identity was wrapped up in who I was in that right. company. And I even remember, you know, financially, I mean, I was set like my boss, who was the president at the time, I wanted to go back to college and get my master's. And he was like, Parker, why would you do that? You're 34 years old. You're, you're set for life. And he was right. Yeah. Like I, if I would have stayed that course, I yeah. mean, the salaries and the publicly trade is all out there public. So you could see it, but it was multiple six just under the seven. So right. that was my path. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was so funny because, um, even though I wasn't, I was a Sunday Christian. I knew about God, but it was a real, it was a real struggle. Like this is corporate publicly traded oil and gas, a lot of men, yeah. a lot of engineer thinking. I mean, they sent their top execs to Harvard. So that's not to tell yeah. you anything yeah, about yeah, what's yeah. going on. Yeah, very, very much. And so then there's this Christian side. I was raised in church. I knew about God. And so I was kind of like this pull, but God took me, I'll never forget it. it this, I haven't really spoke about this publicly, but we went to church. Wow, there it is. <laughs> right there. Went to church. Heard the message about the axe head. And it was Pastor Craig Rochelle with Life Church. And he was talking about the axe head. And it was forget about what you want, focus on what you have, let God provide you with what you need. That was kind of the basis of that message. Yep. So the next week we go to New Mexico to visit my at the time husband's family. Uh, I mean from Oklahoma to New Mexico, completely different church, everything. Yeah. We go to church. The pastor's up there. Things got kind of weird. Um, just saying. And <laughs> it's like a longer period of worship in just this moment. Then he comes up and he starts preaching. He preaches about the axe head. Oh. And the story is basically that, you know, they're cutting down trees. The axe head falls into the water. He says, my Lord, it was borrowed. Um, he, it was Elisha, right? Elisha brings yeah. uh -huh. yep. it back up to the top of the water. And the point was, let God provide it for you. Like, you know, what, what's lost is not lost. It's yeah. just going to be gone. It's all borrowed because it's all his in the first place and it's not yours. And so to hear that message back to back. So we were just astounded. So I go up to the pastor and I said to the pastor, we just heard this message, which is weird. You don't hear about the accent much. Yeah. And he goes, this was not at all what I planned. He said, God wrecked my whole service. He said, this was truly what God told me I was supposed to preach. So I was like, something's going on. Something's yeah. going to be lost and it's going to come back. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it meant, but I look back in my journals. I see it. And I was also very much in love with my almost new husband. I don't think we quite married yet. And so yeah. it was like, 
we wanted to be together. There was all these restraints and, and zip code stuff and whatever else. And the door shut. And I left that corporate career and I'll never forget looking down at my daughter and saying, you know, I'm no longer going to be with one Oak. And she looked at me, big tear eyes. Think about this. This little girl sacrificed her life. By the time she was in second, third grade, we had probably moved 12 times. She's had 12 houses in her life. Like, I mean, just bought and sold. I mean, that was the lifestyle we were going on. And she looks at me with these big, beautiful brown eyes welled up with tears. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget because it just, it's, it, you would just, one of those memories. And she said, if you're not Crystal Parker vice president, who will you be? And at the time you would go, Oh, poor daughter, you know, and think, well, what a terrible mother you are. And it's true because it was my career and my career and my career and my career. It was my badge I wore. And, you know, God was making those promises back then that it's going to go away, but it's mine. And until you actually see that you're going to have a long journey to figure it out. Yeah. And I've, I've been on that journey and that ride. <laughs> Man, and, and she was in second grade at the time? Uh, she was probably five, maybe oh, six gosh, at the time. not even. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just think about my own babies at this point and mm. that process. And I'm so grateful I made that massive leap of faith um, when they were babies. They didn't know anything about that previous version of myself. Um, But there are times surely where that like tendency to like overdrive can get into play. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like reel it back to what's important. Uh, Right. It's like and that's really what your book is about, too. And so like talking about that need to reboot, that need to win, um, but to know that it comes from a place of rest rather than a place of perfection and striving is like wildly critical. So how... (laughs) Now you're you're in this place of like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing next, but I know I'm not doing that. What did God and how did God reveal those next like steps for you? Yeah, well, I mean, there was a whole identity crisis. Yeah. I mean, literally, just absolutely, who am I? What am I made for? What yeah. am I doing? And not even being in an abiding relationship with God, sure. just knowing about Him. And so, I mean, every vice and wonder of the world was one that I tried to fill into that big hole totally. that I had. And, you know, there was a lot of like, you know, afternoons with the housewives around the neighborhood and big family <laughs> Polyville which were liquid house, you know, liquid lunches and just lost, just lost. And then I was unfortunately in a relationship where, you know, you meet somebody where you are. And so I wasn't really healthy and this person wasn't healthy and it wasn't a good second marriage at all. And it was built on all the wrong things. And so, you know, I was struggling and fighting to try to save what I didn't want to be a failure. I to go back to that dropping out of college or my dad telling me, you're not as smart as your brother and sister and all of those big sort of like cornerstone moments in my life of fearing of being a failure. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one in my family that's been divorced. I'm the only one in my family that's done all these things and, and everybody I'm supposed to be this certain person and I'm not, you know? And so how can I hold on to this, this failing marriage that was just, it wasn't ever intent. It was not God's plan right, for my right, life. Right. Yeah, of course. And so, all of that brain power that I had 15 years in corporate, I used to pour into this marriage, this relationship, 
you know, he went from like being somebody that was like, oh, like a boss in a car collision place to becoming an executive. And and he said, I, I never wanted to do this, but I was like, yes, you do. Like, <laughs> you know, like money's going to fix it and we're going to fix it through success. And, you know, all of these problems of this poor man, you know, and, his, and, and <laughs> it was just another train wreck. And so yeah. finally, you know, I actually had some friends. So from moving from te- Texas now to Florida, and I, I was uh, working as a professor for the university. I got my master's. So that was just online, you know, fun stuff I could do to try to like keep my brain yeah. going. Because brains like this don't stop ever. No, they don't. Uh-uh. You know, and it's good, you know, now that once you start using it for kingdom, yes. like it's like, finally, she's home, you know, yes, this brain yeah. that God gives you, you're going to be successful no matter where you are. It's just what you want to be successful doing. And, um, and so anyway, so I had friends actually that I started singing in choir and I had some friends that went to church on Sundays and they did not go throw ragers after church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, what is this joy of the Lord thing? And why are these people happy? And they haven't like kicked back, you know, case of beer or whatever. And, and I was like, this is actually something. And so I wanted to know more and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to do better. And I just wanted to know more about God. And so started to really invite God in. I got healthy. The other part of me that I was married to did not get healthy. When two people are in marriage, if one person decides to go get healthy and the other one doesn't, it's really difficult. Um, to stay in a healthy place. And so, you know, that uh, unfortunately ended in divorce. And I'm not casually talking about that because yeah. it's it's definitely not something that I casually think of marriage and the sanctity of marriage and what the Bible intended with marriage. I just didn't get it right. And yeah. I wasn't the person that I am today, you know. So yeah. um, anyway, so after this, you know, ended in divorce and here I am in Florida, my daughter now, and we're, we're in Florida my whole family's in Kansas and it's like, what are we doing? What are we going to do? And I just remember sitting in this very, very large house in a very affluent area in town. And instead of like picking up my phone to call, phone a friend or to do something that would take my mind off of it, I sat on the wood floors in this house and I just truly surrendered my life to Christ. It was the most beautiful and amazing moment because everything that was broken, the the holy living water of Jesus Christ just flooded inside of me and just started to heal me piece by piece. And so it was so cathartic just cleaning this house out, putting the memories away, putting stuff up for storage and doing that and truly getting a chance to build on the solid foundation, the holy, the holy rock of Jesus Christ. And, um, it was a, it was a game changer and I'll never forget going out with my daughter on a walk. And it was several months later and I was healed and healing. And, and she was too, because this poor kid was attached to this crazy mom that was like some business crazy woman. And uh, she said, mom, I really feel like you've broke the chains for our family. My family, unfortunately had a lot of alcoholism and some different things in it that, that we had learned through. And so for her to really be able to see that difference in 
me night and day was probably the greatest compliment ever. And so once I got that right, God started to bring in all these amazing things and allow me to use my brain for business. And I remember going to Central Florida Christian Chamber because now I'm like, now I know what it is to be whole with yeah. God and abide. I don't want to do corporate crystal Sunday crystal. I want to be <laughs> all in. I'm in. I'm 100%. So someone says, yo, check out the Christian chamber. So I, I made an appointment with the president. I went and met him for coffee, two hours. He gets in the car. I don't know this. He calls his wife and he says, God said she's the one. Now, this poor man, he wanted to retire for five years from Central Florida Christian Chamber. And he even announced that he was retiring and he went home and he was in, in prayer and reading the Bible. And he said, Crystal Audible, God said, who told you you could retire? So this poor man had to sit in this moment waiting for this crazy lunatic businesswoman that was all wrong to get her life right, come to Florida, set it down. And then finally they converged. And then now I get to, you know, do this Christian chamber thing, launch the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce and pour everything God taught me into this to help business leaders from all over the world truly understand what it means to integrate faith and work and see their mission and their job as an opportunity to serve God and to serve the kingdom and advance the kingdom. Wow. It is so good how he literally wrecks us just to restore us. It sucks, but it's so brilliant. It's so good. And it just, it brings you back to this place of having full empathy for other people and truly understanding what compassion is, right? Versus a facade of being generous or kind or any of those things, though those are obviously fruits of the spirit. But if we were to use them in the context of like schmoozing, right? Or like just l listening to someone just to listen to them to then ask them the favor that you need of them, right? Like I just, I remember being in that space and receiving and being a recipient of, but also being um, an agent to that like surface level um, just processing and relationships. Mm -hmm. And so when we get to operate from this level of depth, it's like, we know every minute matters. We know every conversation has a divine purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. it's a totally other way. It's a total that when people talk about existential living <laughs> in, outside of, you know, Christianity, I'm like, you got part of it right, but you're doing it in the wrong context and for mm -hmm. the wrong thing and from the wrong thing cuz the source God is like the only one capable of putting anyone into a place of existentialism. Wow. 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 That's good. Yeah. I, I heard someone say this before is, and, and I think it speaks to what you're talking about specifically with empathy and just like wow. not being so judgy and condemning people for their journey. Like it's your, it's your journey. It's yeah. your walk. It's your scars. It's yeah. your battle. And they said, how did the greatest love story, which is the greatest love story is that Jesus Christ was given to us for our salvation. He was the perfect sacrifice so that we would not have anything separating us from God, that we could be in full abiding with the Holy Spirit always. Nothing would separate us, which is the most beautiful thing. Nothing is separating us. And that's the greatest love story ever. How did the greatest love story become the greatest hate speech? Mm -hmm. You know, 
I mean, I understand that we've got to have discernment. I understand that we've got to be able to help people. We can't condone things. However, why can't we let people walk out their journey, be that loving person on the other side of it, just waiting for them to go through their moment? God's going to walk them through it. They're going to go through it. They're going to find the bottom. They're going to hit the bottom. And then we're, that's where we get to meet people is right there. And I think that's a very, very powerful place to meet people. Yeah. That's a beautiful concept. And knowing that when we are in business arenas, we're going to find people at different places. You know, I, I just came off of one of my business retreats and the aftermath, like when you were in the reflection of it all, the thing that I love the most has nothing to do with business, has nothing to do with the development. It really is the transformation that happens in somebody's heart when they get rid of limiting beliefs, when they push past the boundary of what has become themselves or the enemy that has kept them in this bondage or when someone, you know, has a, a marital healing at a business retreat and you're like, wait, yeah. how does, how did that just happen? Or, <laughs> you know, like it's, you're like, because we leave space for the Holy Spirit to do his work rather mm-hmm. than us having a one-minded, one-tracked agenda to accomplish mm. something that was not, not a part of his plan, but his plan is always people. His plan is always heart. And if we're allowing, and this is specifically a speaker's retreat, but this is no different than any of the business support that you give through the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, insert their mission. If the Mm -hmm. mission supersedes God's mission at any point, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be successful in the terms of success of the kingdom. It might look successful on the outside, which is where you were for so long, right? Like, I'm sure your family was like, wow, this college dropout is a millionaire. This is crazy. Right. Right? Right. And they're giving you accolades and like mom and dad are so proud. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. your little baby girl is like, okay, well, I guess this is my lot in life. You know? Right. No, seriously. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's the world, you know, that's the thing I think that we have to be so cautious of. Yeah. And uh, we had Lucas Miles on for President's Council. You were there. Yeah, yeah he was and, great. Uh, man, it was cool to, to really sit back and think about how we've westernized Jesus. Yeah. And a lot of that is because those of us that do attend church, and not everybody does attend a formal church. I mean, they're right. getting it somewhere else. But that, you know, we have limited number of leaders that are shepherding us Mm -hmm. that are willing to say, this is right. This is wrong. And again, it's not about judging. It's just about saying it's about leading. This is right. This is wrong. And really we've lost that. So therefore our businesses have lost an opportunity to really reach people for the kingdom. You really reach people in kingdom advancement because we don't even know what it looks like anymore. Honestly. It's so true. Yeah. The lines are so blurred and you're like, is this of God or good? I'm not sure. And good always <laughs> seems to be of God. And that's not the same thing, right? It's oh, <laughs> not the same yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. so I love that you just brought this up. We're on oh. the, the the post day or the eve, the day after the Super Bowl as we're recording this. Oh. And I got so many text messages about the commercial, the Jesus commercial that came out. I'm like, did you see it? Did you see it? I'm like, I've seen it in the past, but... No, I have not seen it. And so I'm like doing all this research on it. And, you know, at the end of the day, we we don't get to decipher how God uses what happens, right? Like he is going to turn all things for good. 
just like yes. the chosen, just like all these other mega churches, whatever it is, even people who actually intend for good and they intend for godliness, but it falls short because we're imperfect. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that God is going to be the sustainer of all things that are being drawn to him, which is mm-hmm. all things are being drawn to him. That's and good. so when you process going into a larger organization or maybe just the top level leaders are coming into you, but they're trying to manage a place that is not of Christian nature, they're trying to stay aligned to the rules and regulations of HR. How do you mm-hmm. help them navigate like some of those, those pitfalls or those placeholders um, in their industry? Yeah, I think the biggest, um, the biggest course corrector is the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes the people that approach asking or seeking already know the answer. Mm. Uh, I think my greatest, well, first of all, before I tell you this, my sister texts last night into the family chat about those commercials. Mm -hmm. And she says, it looks to me like Jesus's budget got bigger this year. And I just thought that was hilarious. I thought that was the best ever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool to see those kinds of commercials and places that people don't expect them. Yeah, and to your point, God will correct it if it's mm-hmm. if it's not right from a, right. a perspective of just we've got to be where the humans are. Right. We can't think that we're going to hide in churches and span the message of Jesus Christ. And so, high five to those folks on on the work that they're doing, the investment, the money, and stuff. Um, but yeah, my my coolest opportunity to really counsel somebody was a a person that runs a secular chamber of commerce. And he called into the U.S. Christian chamber. He says, I know you don't know me. He goes, I run a chamber of commerce. And he says, here's my background. I'm a former pastor. I'm the CEO of this chamber. It's not Christian. He said, I've got some people that are trying to push an agenda Mm -hmm. through some things that I don't believe in Mm -hmm. and use our calendar to support some sorts of parades and things like that, that that he knows would be divisive, Mm -hmm. that would be in absolute direct opposition to his beliefs. But there was no precedence and he has a board and he knew that if he drew a line in the sand, that this well-funded, well-organized group was just waiting for a trip so that they could come and pounce on the person that fell. And so he says, I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking to myself, you're calling into the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce <laughs> for advice on this. Um, and I just, I honestly wow. felt so honored yeah. that God would allow. Now, since then, we've got a great friendship and uh, it's really been neat to walk alongside him his path. Because what he has is a great opportunity to truly be salt and light in the world um, and to shepherd and to keep his chamber from being influenced by this. Yeah. And so it all worked out. Yeah. Um, he did not post it. He did yep. not do it. It worked out. He didn't get canceled, hated, or wow. blown away. Um, if anything, it opened some good dialogue for his chamber. But the point that I made earlier was he inside his heart already knew what he was supposed to do. He just needed a sounding board to help him understand and know what God was calling him to do because he had that relationship with God already. So it was cool. Right. And and that's obviously a huge variable because there are going to be people in organizations that might not have that exposure Mm -hmm. or have accepted Christ into their heart. So the Holy Spirit conviction moments are like they're null and void. 
Correct. That was me. <laughs> and, and that, yeah, I, I'm like right there. And though I say that, I, I know, I said this recently, that I, I need to stop saying that I wasn't raised in a Christian home because I was raised in a Christian home, but not a Holy Spirit filled home. That's good. I realized I knew the Lord's prayer. Uh, We said it before we went to bed every night. I did go. I was a creaster. So you say Sunday Christian. I was a creaster. I was a Christmas and Easter Christian. Oh, you were a lesser. (laughs) You were very low on the totem pole. Oh boy. You know, we, I don't remember opening the Bible, but I had like a precious moments Bible from when I was a baby. So there's something to that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I need to stop drawing that line in the sand and say, you know what? My parents did the best that they could. My, I've since got to literally baptize my mom, which is like only God, right? Like talk yeah. about generational curses and, mm-hmm. and the bondage that is being broken. But recognizing that w- there are going to be people who have had experience with Jesus Christ, they might have accepted the Lord without even understanding what that means. And therefore they immediately have access to the Holy Spirit. So and good. I remember so doing things that I should, I knew full and well I should have been doing. <laughs> And I just said, I was like, oh, it's fine, right? Or they're all doing it or whatever thing. But like, I knew what was right and wrong. I've always known that. And so it's just, we allow our emotions and we allow society to dictate some of those really big decisions in our life that end up being catastrophic sometimes. And, you know, yet God still uses it. And that's the part of redemption that is so incredible. So as we get, um, we get these people who are going to be listening to us and they got to hear a back end of your story, things I didn't even know, which makes me so much more, um, yeah, I, I would say in transparency, so much more excited to take the stage, um, your stage that you're creating for other people. It's God's stage, but you're putting the, you're putting the grit behind it. So it becomes an essence of him through you. Uh, what is it that you hope this gathering this year? It's spiritual world citizens is this mm-hmm. year's concept. What are you really hoping for when you're praying and circling it and the people are listening? Because I know there's going to be a lot of people from our community coming for yeah. book launches and all this different stuff. What are you hoping for? Yeah, we've been praying about this. And it's interesting because as we've been praying for the people that are going to come, yeah. And not even people have even bought tickets yet. Yeah. Um, we are just getting that there's a sense that there's a, a war for the soul right now. Yeah, for sure. It's a soul war. And what we are really believing that as a result of this conference, and this is a global conference, there's people all over the world coming in here from, I can't even tell you where. Um, so our hope and belief is that the people that come in are filled with a different way to do business. And and this isn't your typical, hmm, how do I do my HR policy and <laughs> what's the best engineering code? You know, this, this is the greatest eternal intelligence, which yeah. is Holy Spirit. So oh. there's five elements of the conference that it's built on first Corinthians three. And an interesting fact about that first Corinthians three was Paul wrote that into Corinth in 55 AD. And if you think about what was going on in 55 AD, it was 
Christianity, there was a lot of polytheism, but Christianity was relatively new. Yeah. Um, and another really interesting thing about Corinth that we found through the study is that Corinth was the economic epicenter. Mm-hmm. It was like, picture New York Times or not New, New yeah, York, New York yeah. in New York City in like the market phase, like Times Square, and then innovation capital like Silicon Valley because it was all surrounded by water. So logistics, everything was popping through Corinth. Corinth was where it was at. And so Paul writes this letter into Corinth to the Christians there in Corinth. And I've really spent, like God gave me 1 Corinthians 3. This is the foundation of this conference, doing business from the inside out. Spiritual world citizens. What in the world is this even about, right? This This was almost a year ago when he gave it to me. And so as we've had some time to reflect and study and research and understand this, if you think about it, what Paul was doing was he was writing a letter to the Christians in that time, which that time and where we are today wasn't that much different if right. you think about it. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting, I find, that he wrote into the marketplace that was the big booming marketplace. Why is that? Because your work is worship. Because your work, the marketplace is where we're going to advance kingdom. Yeah. And I'm thinking if those individuals wouldn't have done the things that he told them in this letter, what are the chances that you and I would have the opportunity to truly understand and know the salvation and the and the beauty that we know with Jesus Christ? Yeah. He chose the marketplace to carry this message out. And so I what I'm really believing is that our there's a tug of war. There's a war for souls right now that's happening. Whether they're coming to the conference or not, there's a fight right now. And unfortunately, as believers in the United States, we're behind the eight ball because we have allowed and funded these counterattacks on our families, on our businesses everything that we do not believe in because of our ignorance and giving money to other companies that have the opposition, they're taking those dollars and using them. Somebody shot me a press release from the American atheists and they're going after four things. They monitored 1300 bills last year. And I'm just going, these guys are well-funded. They have a common vision, common language, common technology, Mm. common enemy, and they've got currency. Mm. And meanwhile, we're sitting there going, oh, wait, why is that guy who's a, a beautiful high school coach going to jail because he prayed after a game? Yeah. Like we are really sitting in our offices going, can I say this? Can I do that? I'm afraid. Yeah. And so five things come through this letter from Paul to the, to the Corinthians. You've got to know who you are and know who you are in Christ. That's number one. I want people walking out of there going, I know who I am. I know what I'm created for. When I was corporate crystal, I thought all I was made for was to make money, big house, big this. All that stuff goes away if it's not on foundation of Jesus Christ, which is the second piece. Foundation of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be on the solid rock, the firm rock on which I stand? The third piece is Holy Spirit. What we talked about. People already know he's already talking to you. You don't have to be super Christian to hear from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Just be able to sit and listen. He, he, it's that good feeling or the bad feeling inside yeah. your gut. So yeah. we want to strengthen that for people that come to this conference. We want them to know and hear the voice and hear God speaking to them through the Holy Spirit, how to discern it. That We want them obedient to it. We want them to be able to walk 
through it because it is sometimes difficult to walk when you're abiding with God because the you're on purpose, you're on fire, you're not complacent, the enemy's going to come at you. Yep. And so we need mental toughness. And then the fourth piece of this, and he talks about this in the letter, and it's a big piece of what he talks about. He says, quit quarreling about things that don't matter. Yeah. In other words, if this person plants, this person waters, God's the God of the harvest. You know, I heard it said this way and I loved it. They said, People at the bottom compete. People at the top collaborate. That's so it. at this point, there's all this competition and there's this backbiting and fighting and you interpret the Bible to say this and you interpret this way. So you've got to wear your hair up. No, you got to put yours down. No, we do on one. Come on, guys. Come yeah. on, guys. I had somebody come into me at the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce and say, well, you know what it says about women preaching. And I said, come on, guys. Oh, yeah. Let's look at this spirit of the word of God, yeah. because I'm not going down that path with yeah, you. 100%. That's because we're going to quarrel. We're going to know how to work together as a community in unity. And then the last piece is we're all co-workers in God's service. Yep. My hope, my goal, my vision, my dream is that 650, maybe 700, God knows how many people he sends this conference. Yep. will walk out of that conference on fire for the Lord to take into their little marketplace. Maybe they have a touch point of 200 in their business. Yep. Maybe they have millions. Maybe they just have one. Maybe they're a teacher. Yep. But wherever they go, however they serve, they will see themselves as a living, breathing vessel mm -hmm. to carry the word of God out into the marketplace and not take the Bible and start beating people over the head with it. <laughs> To truly live as a full example of what it means to follow Jesus Christ and be actually a good person. So if that happens out of the result of this conference, then we've did it. We we have literally accomplished what I believe God's calling forth right now in our nation. Oh, there's so much to it. And I'm so excited it's, it's based in this letter because there's so much to it when you talk about the inside out. I really feel like that was the massive revelation that the Lord gave me when I started this business was being brand and then business, that it was all about identity. And if we don't have that being, you can run after a brand and you can run after building a business all day long, but you're, you will break. So the business <laughs> might thrive, but you're not going with it. And mm. so what does that look like? And as you said, the the prosperity piece, but specifically the soul prosperity, I was mm. writing a forward to a book that's coming out soon, literally just this morning, and okay. I'll, I'll reference what I wrote. It says, remember, to prosper can also be an activation of the soul. Thir 3 John one twelve says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Your soul Ooh. is your mind, your will, and emotions. To have the revelation and contentment of soul prosperity means your mind, will, and emotions are aligned because you're abiding and therefore bearing much fruit full of flavor and bountiful to pass to others. John Ooh. 15, 4 through 5. This is wow. a reference to Joseph. Prosperity didn't look the same in the pit, at Potiphar's, in prison, or in the palace. But he was provided for and he was prospering. So it goes on further to be like, well, how do you know that he was prospering in the pit? How is he wow. prospering in Potiphar's house? Here's how he was prospering, you guys, because he was walking in righteousness the whole time. His integrity was intact. Mm -hmm. He was humble and honored those around him, even those who were in control and far from God. 
He was still in communication with God in order to decipher dreams for the inmates. And Mm -hmm. he never missed an opportunity to explain where his perceived personal power came from. He always glorified God. Mm. Wow, that's a good word. Right? If you ever need a foreword, this woman right here, (laughs) tear it up for you. Man, but that's just, you know, you don't realize how much common sense is in the Bible. People Mm -hmm. are looking for this like ethereal, like, (laughs) oh, Lord, give me the answer to life's desire. Like, no, it's like actually the very next thing you need is in the word. The very Mm -hmm. last thing you need is in the word. And so Mm -hmm. that is the premise. And I know some amazing speakers that are coming to this conference and I get to be friends with some of them. Some of them I've never met before. Some of them are like you where I didn't only knew a surface component (laughs) until today. It's over with, sister. I see you forevermore. But to know that if all things come back to our soul prospering, Mm -hmm. catty things like competition will not matter. It literally won't even be a a competition at all. The one thing I heard recently, Crystal, which I think it parallels to what you were talking Mm -hmm. about with that, Mm -hmm. is I heard that there are 17,000 different denominations in Christianity. Woo! 17,000. And we think that we have a monotheistic religion. (laughs) But really, I'll go there. What if we have a polytheistic religion that serves man and never actually serves God because we're not in the word. We're in the words of men. Come on. So then that that stacks right there. What you just said, stack that on that letter. Stack that what's coming at this conference. Well, that was, that's a word, what you just said. Had not thought about that. But I've chilled. I've heard, I don't know that number, but that's. Girl, <laughs> what you just said is right. <laughs> real. That's think real. about what you just said. And think about that letter. 55 AD, he wrote it. And it and, and I believe it's the blueprint yeah. for what we need right now. I yes. mean, and I'm like, what? Yes. What you've got? That's Whoa. Okay, just have a moment here in life, whatever we're on. I think we're on the I think we're on the mic drop at this moment. You well, guys Okay, okay. Let's just but, say you're invited. And yeah, you're invited. that is that is something we all need is sometimes just the invitation. Yeah. But more so importantly, it's not it's really not an invitation from Crystal or I. It's an invitation mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit. And Good. I know that the people that are gonna be drawn to this from all over the world. There is going to be a synergy. My main word for everything that I do, whether it's writing Mm -hmm. a forward or it's hosting a retreat or it's having a conference, the one word I always come back to is intimacy. Uh, And if we can cultivate intimacy, we have won. Because mm -hmm. intimacy has nothing to do with me and it has nothing nothing to do with you and everything to do with the Father. And Mm. so his presence will be known in that place. And if you're looking for a move of God in your personal life, in your marriage, in your family, in your pace, Lord have mercy. Chris and I can speak to the pace all day long. Uh This is the place to be. This is the place to be. And it is, it's going to be a a wrecking, a wrecking ball Mm. in the best way possible because rock bottom is just rock foundation. And that's where most people need to be. 
come on. Like I'm, I'm over here smiling, laugh, listening to you because I'm thinking to myself, I mean, you're on the stage, like not only you're in the stage, but you're like at the tip of the spear. Like I came to your conference, as you know, some of the people listening may not. And it was honestly the coolest conference I've ever been to. Like it was just cool. And when you talk about that intimacy, I can tell that you prayed for that because that's what happened yeah. as a result of being at that conference. And it was, it was, I mean, I even wrote an article because I was just so blown away by what, who you brought into that room and how you ushered in God into a space that um, unfortunately the world might not, you know, typically in the Christian community, it's uh, <laughs> and ties and that means they're serious about right. preaching the word of God and these people out there in sneakers and it wasn't about anything just but God. And it was like, yeah. like just to get on your face. Like if you yeah. felt like get on your knees, like I have even a picture of one time, just somebody just hit their knees and just yeah. worship. But I, I remember when we were in the, just getting coffee in the morning and you had your live worship and like, I was just captivated by it. And then I look up and next thing you know, the whole room's filled with people. Like it wasn't even, it was just like, like it was uh, just out, a spontaneous outburst of the Holy Spirit and just getting in that moment of just breakthrough. Like you didn't even know you needed it. So man, I'm a fan because I'm back at yours every time that you have it because it was breakthrough moments for me. Yeah. And so anyway, so your endorsement means mm -hmm. so much to me because I mean, you're the, you've got the gold standard here. So like, I'm, I'm nervous now. Having you. <laughs> I'm so excited. The cool thing is if I'm coming, there's going to be intimacy, whether we like it or not. Amen. Yeah. No, but I, I can see that, that spontaneous worship, right? You mentioned earlier that our work is our worship mm -hmm. and the way in which we show up to places. If we're, we're the willing vessel and we are stewarding the Holy Spirit like there's, it's a non-negotiable that it'll be spontaneous worship and how that looks might be a kumbaya moment. <laughs> it might yeah. be us singing with our hands in the air. It might be a circle of people who don't know each other having eye to eye contact without their phones being in their way, right? Mm -hmm. It might be dinner with people from around the country that you can't even speak the same language as them. It's True. like spontaneous worship is the way in which we show up every single day. And so I already am like, I'm sitting here like, when's April? When's April? Like, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for it, honestly, Crystal. And it's going to be in one of my favorite places, one of my favorite states. So you guys got to get in to Florida and join us. It's going to be amazing. Um, any last minute things that you can share with them before they come? Maybe a Give us a secret or a surprise. Is there you know, something that? Oh, well, you know, there's a cool thing that um, we haven't done a press release on that will that I'll tell you before the yeah. press release comes out. Are we live right now? <laughs> um, so we've got our evening event speaker is Cameron Arnett. Cameron Arnett is with The Overcomer. He, he's an actor in that. He also is a leading role in Forge, this new movie coming out by Kendrick's Brothers. His wife, BJ, is coming in to be on the panel. So him and his wife are on the panel for The Odyssey of Love and Purpose. And then he's our evening speaker. And his story mm. is amazing. What he gave up to follow God will blow your mind when you hear the full story because his former life of acting is in movies that you would know and, and like wow. Star Trek and some other things like that. Wow. And he chose to follow God and gave it all up. Mm 
And so it's neat that axe head moment to see how God's bringing it back to him, you know, in different okay. ways. Um, so that's a little secret, oh, but it, it was, it's a key, it's a key speaker in the sense that he's got a pastoral background, which I like. He's living out in the real world. It's difficult when you're in acting in those scenes to hold the line. Sure. And so I feel like he's going to really be able to impart a message for us that that's going to be really impactful. So there's your secret. Excited about it. I love a good secret. I'm so excited about it. I, I know there's so many layers to it. And if you guys even just go to the website, it's going to take you a while to just like receive and see who's coming <laughs> and why they're coming and see the timeline. And it's just, it already is divinely timed and divinely aligned and you've got to be in the room. So Crystal, I am so grateful that you're in the room. I'm so grateful that God like sweetly brought you into this place because you clearly are meant for it, made for it. And it's for such a time as this. And it might feel like a 55 AD moment when we're together. So I'm going to just look at you and be like, 55 AD when we're together. (laughs) This is the Adams Church come alive, right? That's it. That's it. That's exciting. Thank you for everything you're doing. And if you guys are not already plugged in or don't potentially have a U.S. um, chapter in your state or your city, Krista would love to conversate with you about starting that and come to the conference as a way to initiate it. It's just a couple of weeks away when you're listening to this. And uh, if you're listening to it later because you just wanted to know Crystal and have this incredible conversation, then sign up for next year because I know it's happening again. So (laughs) I'm excited. Crystal, any other things? Obviously, they can get their hand on your book to get to know you and your heart a bit more. Any other areas that you want to tap them into? Uh, just jump on to uschristianchamber.com and follow us. We've got a lot of different events and things that are going on. You can just get plugged in virtually. That makes it really easy and just see what we're all about. But I think the biggest thing is you are not alone. Don't try to do it alone. You weren't designed to be alone. Yeah. Becoming part of the body of Christ is going to be amazing once you realize that my gifts serve somebody else's gifts. And together, we're more powerful. We know more people. We can do more. We can reach more. We can grow more. We can just root together iron sharpening iron. So, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing I just want to just encourage you, it doesn't have to be U.S. Christian Chamber. But, you know, if there's not anything in your city, starting a Christian Chamber is a great idea because where do the Christians go to build community together and churches is amazing. You'll never hear me talk poorly about the churches. That's great. But the church has a role and that's to help you grow as a believer on Sundays. But we want to bridge that gap through the Christian chamber and help people through the week to build their business a biblical way to impact their community. And when we do all those things, we reach more people for the kingdom. So come party with us at U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce. This is my girl, Tamara. She is amazing. I remember the first time we talked on the phone, it was a telephone call. And she was like, when she was speaking, she was speaking my language. And I said, you've got to come. I've never even met this woman. I never even saw her before. I'm on the phone. I'm like, 
you've got to come speak at my conference because you just said identity, foundation, Holy Spirit, community, and co-workers and God's service. She spoke 1 Corinthians 3 just in her every day. And I think she was driving around. I was. I was, I was driving kids or something, Dropping off kids. She probably was like, had someone braiding her hair in the back. Like she's superwoman, eight arms doing this thing. And it just spitting God's word, man. So I mean, I that conversation you. had me lit. That was so good. Those are the things that you know where it's just like we're going somewhere, we're going places, and ultimately it's eternity. Yeah. But like, <laughs> let's bring heaven to earth. That's what we're doing, spiritual world citizens, bringing heaven to earth. Yeah. So excited to partner with you, sister. Love you so much. Thanks for being Love here. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us and this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network, which is obviously why we got connected and are so grateful to be a part of the community. They have shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Some of mine that I listen to on a regular basis are on Life Audio. Even some of our community members who have been a part of the Fit and Faith team through our coaching or different organizations, they're there too. So I definitely want to drive you over there. Check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.